Good morning and welcome to Daily Devoted. My name is Meshach Canyon. Thank you for joining me as we keep on working our way through the Acts of the Apostle. Today we're going to... The Apostle. (laughs) The Apostles. Today we're going to be finishing chapter 20, uh, looking at verses uh, 17 all the way through verse 38. And in this segment, it's, it's kind of a goodbye message from Paul to the Ephesian leaders. In the last few sections, we've been talking about Paul's uh, stay in Ephesus, uh, a town that was brimming with spiritual realities. Uh, it wasn't uncommon for magicians to be at work there. It wasn't uncommon for exorcists to be at work there. And when Paul arrived, uh, there was a huge spiritual struggle. And through Paul, um, God was able to work powerful healing ministries exorcism ministries. Uh, we saw last time that Eutychus, who was so compelled by the, the message that Paul was bringing, stayed up late at night to hear that message, fell out of a window and died. But Paul raised him back up and continued preaching that same compelling message. So Paul's been laboring amongst the Christians in Ephesus for quite some time. And now it's time for him to depart. And what does he say when he's getting ready to leave them? What does he focus on? Well, I'm sure there were the standard thank yous and, you know, I'll, I'll never forget how much you guys are a blessing to me and maybe some laughs about good times or funny stories. But what Luke decides to capture is Paul's accounting of, of his time with them, how he labored amongst them, uh, how he was really focused on presenting the gospel to them in such a way that they would uh, come to faith in Christ and have life uh, in his name. And one of the most striking things about this segment uh, that Paul does is when he's getting ready to depart, he also leaves them with a warning. Uh, let, me, let, me, uh, let me go ahead and read it for you real quick. Verse 28, pay attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, he goes on to say, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish every one of you with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Fierce wolves will come in among you. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, you know, it's a, I think it's a very striking example. What does a fierce wolf do? Not even a fierce wolf. What is a normal wolf? What's the nature of a wolf among sheep? You know, sometimes we like to belittle sheep as, you know, it's, it's kind of a pejorative term. So to say, like, I'm not one of those sheep. Well, uh, maybe in, in some senses, being a, a sheep is a bad thing. Uh, But in this sense, we are part of the flock of God and our shepherd is Christ. And so we follow Christ diligently. That's the nature of sheep when it's used in the biblical sense. Well, what's the nature of a wolf? Well, a wolf, even a mild wolf, is out for himself. If you put a a wolf in the midst of a flock of sheep, what's going to happen? Well, pretty soon, subtract one from those sheep. The next day, maybe subtract another one because the sheep is there for himself to feed himself for his own survival. It's not there to uplift everybody else. Paul is stating to them that he's been there as one who's there to uplift 
to make sure that they're growing, that they're striving, that they're thriving in Christlikeness. And he warns them that when he leaves, wolves will come in that aren't a part of their flock. But even more striking is those who are already a part of their flock will rise up and twist the message that Paul has been saying to draw people off after them. So it's, it's a very stark uh, thing that he's saying here. He's been there as one who serves, ministering in the spirit of Jesus. But the temptation in ministry, and I've felt this temptation too, the temptation in ministry is to serve in such a way that um, people follow after you. You know, it's your ministry. And we do it in, so, in such subtle ways. We draw people to be part of our flock rather than tending to the flock of God. And so Paul's just warning. I don't think he's trying to be grandiose in any sense, but I think he's just highlighting uh, the nature of leadership and how anytime someone assumes a position of leadership or authority, the temptation is there to draw people after yourself rather than pointing people towards Christ. You remember what um, John the Baptist said, I believe it's in John chapter 3, verse 30, uh, where he said, um, I think his disciples were complaining because most people were coming to Jesus and his disciples to be baptized. And John said, I must decrease, he must increase. That's a rare statement for a leader to, to make and really believe. And that's what Paul is warning them about. Not that uh, there's going to be inherent corruption, which that will be the case. But unfortunately, this is the natural temptation of leadership to draw people after yourself rather than pointing people towards Christ and serving them in such a way that Christ-likeness will be the natural, um, the natural destination of their journey. And so he, he kind of sets a model for them, which he reminds them of. He says, the entire time I was with you, I worked with my own hands. You know, you guys didn't have to support me financially. I wasn't an unnecessary burden, but I worked with my own hands. And then he points to something that Jesus said that it's not in any of the Gospels. But if you remember at the end of John's Gospel, he says that um, if they were to record everything that Jesus uh, said and did, there wouldn't be enough books to contain them. And this is one of the statements that Jesus uh, said that we don't have on record. But Paul states here. In verse 35, he says, in all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so in the context, what he's talking about here is that he, as a minister amongst them, wasn't there as one who received all the time, receiving money, receiving support, receiving this, receiving that, but he gave to them. He gave them the gospel. He gave them lessons. He gave them instruction. He gave them the very uh, presence of the kingdom of God through him. And so he's setting an example to these Ephesian leaders of how they're meant to lead other people. Now, I don't know what this says about the current form of pastoral ministry where we're all on payroll. And to be honest with you, sometimes I, um, I guess this is the right word. Sometimes I fantasize about having another means of financial support that would free me uh, to serve in ways that uh, aren't burdensome. But then I can see the flip side where the church has grown. It's more institutionalized than it was back then. Back then, it was a very fledgling kind of community, and that's just not the case anymore. Um, but I do, I am very aware of the temptations that Paul is pointing to. And I guess I'll just, I'll just add this. Um, perhaps you're not a Christian leader, 
Uh, maybe you're a leader in another sense, but passages like this should really um, encourage us to pray for our leaders regularly, because I'm telling you, the temptation to be a wolf is powerful and it's always present, especially when you're serving in such a way that uh, you're suffering. You see, you see ways that you can end your suffering quickly by just twisting something, by manipulating something. You know, I'll tell a quick story real quick about how how easy it is to manipulate. I was serving a church one time and I, I I always love when I hear stories of people's generosity. Right. And on this occasion, a lady that was on staff had received, I think, like two thousand dollars. She went out to check her mail one day and there's an envelope in there uh, with two thousand dollars inside. Just anonymous. She had no idea who it was from. And so she she told me about it because we'd been talking about. Uh, blessing one another. And that that verse where in Matthew chapter six, Jesus says um, that our giving should be in secret. And so I'd been talking about that. And so she came. She was very excited. She it helped her uh, really get forward in life. And so when I was preaching, I mentioned it. And then I jokingly said something like, um, man, I wish I would get some anonymous money. I would I'd go crazy with it. You know what I mean? And it was totally a joke. The context, everybody knew I was joking. Well, the next day I come into my office, I look under the, uh, I open my door and there's an envelope on the floor. I open it. There's $500 in there. Now, I wasn't intending to do anything uh, and I received it with thanksgiving, but I also received a warning about how easy it is to use a platform and to say things, even sometimes unintentionally, that will lead people to behave in certain ways. And in that moment, I thought about this character named Elmer Gantry. Maybe some of you have read the book, who was such a manipulative pastor uh, because he realized that fleecing the flock was so easy. So I'm, I'm sharing all this to encourage you to pray for your leaders. Pray for your Christian leaders. Pray for governmental leaders. Pray for all leaders so that we can lead in the spirit of Daniel, in the spirit of Jesus, who pointed not to himself, but pointed to God and led in such a way that those around him would see not the work that he's doing, but see that the, the God that he's uh, doing his work, the God in whose name he's doing his work. Um, I think that's all for today. Uh, let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for these reminders. Thank you for these warnings. God, help us to pray. Help us to pray. Let us be for our leaders like Daniel was for Nebuchadnezzar, whether it's a political leader, educational leader, leader in a family, Christian leader, let us be for them what Daniel was for Nebuchadnezzar. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening, guys. God bless you. I say a prayer of gratitude for you every single morning as I get the notification that the video has posted and at least one person has, has watched it. So thank you. May God bless you today. Until next time, peace.